This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to Work of Tomorrow on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Christian Terbish. Welcome back from the break. I'm Christian Terbish. This is Work of Tomorrow here on Business Radio. Today we're talking about telehealth and telemedicine. Uh, at this point, it's my great pleasure to welcome my second guest, Rich Berner, who is the CEO of MD Life. Welcome, Rich. Christian, how are you doing? Thank you for having me on. Hey, Rich, uh, talk about your background. Uh, are you a doctor who wanted to make things better, or are you like a patient like me who was just sick and tired of medicine delivered the old way? Believe it or not, I'm a technologist by training. I grew up geek programming computers and got into healthcare about 15 years ago to try and uh, help make uh, healthcare better for my friends, family, and the healthcare system overall. So tell us about the operations of MD Life. Uh, what are you guys doing there? So uh, MD Live is a uh, telehealth company that today we have over 32 million consumers that have access to our uh, solution through their health plans or their employers, where they have access to urgent care, behavioral health, and dermatology. And it works across all 50 states 24-7, and we have over 1,300 uh, clinicians that cover um, those conditions uh, 24 hours a day. We also have about uh, 30 hospitals and health systems that use our platform to provide virtual care to their patients in a white-label fashion. So imagine that, you know, I you mentioned dermatology. Uh, it's the end of the summer. I look at my skin. I say, like, whoa, that thing, there could be skin cancer, and I want to contact MD Life to help me. What do I do? Uh, you can either go straight to our website or you can download our app or mm -hmm. you can interact with our AI-based chatbot. And independent of which way you start a visit, we collect a bunch of information from the consumer, including pictures when it's a, a dermatology condition. That information gets sent to the physician in a predictive soap note. And then the physician connects with the patient online via video or via um, phone, uh, depending on the patient's preference and the condition. So give us a sense of, of the volume here. I mean, you mentioned, I mean, really impressive number with 32 million people have access, uh, 1,300 clinicians. Uh, but I'm just doing the math here. If you think about how many patients a clinician can actually take care of, how, how many visits, if we take that as a unit of analysis, how many visits or virtual consultation, consultations would you provide on a day or in a month? Well, to give you a sense of it, uh, MD Live is a 10-year-old uh, company, mm -hmm. and uh, last May we announced that we did our 1 millionth visit. Okay. The growth has been so much that we're going to do approximately a million visits this year uh, and you know, continuing to grow beyond that. So you see a million patients roughly a year these days, and, and your doctors, where do they come from? Are they your employees, or is it more an Uber model where you're matching patients with care capacity that exists elsewhere? It's a combination of both. But with every doctor, we recruit them, we credential them, we do the uh, delegation and the auditing of the quality of them, uh, and then we train them on you know, things like website manner versus bedside manner. 
tell us a little bit about the training. So uh, imagine, uh, so I'm a business school professor who has a business degree and no, no manners, neither in medicine nor in business. But um, to say I'm an experienced primary care provider or an experienced dermatologist and I want to make some extra money on the side, I want to sign up, how much training is involved in converting me or in, in augmenting my skill sets from a traditional physician to a tailor doc? Uh, it's a uh, it's a few days training that mm -hmm. can be done at your convenience online, mm -hmm. and it's a combination of everything from learning how to use the application, learning how to interact with uh, patients, and when we talk about you know website manner, it's you know recognizing that while we want to have the visit be as close to an in-person visit as possible, there is a difference. You're, you know they're typically practicing at home, so you got to be. Make sure you're in a secure room, so it's a HIPAA-compliant visit. Make sure you're aware of your surroundings and what the patient can see when they're on the other end of the video. What is challenging about this operationally? If you think about traditional primary care, and I mean, probably dermatology is probably the single most difficult clinical indication to get appointments for in the in the traditional world. Uh, so as, as patients, I think about always like waiting times and time to next available appointment. What is challenging to do this in the virtual world? Well, the our greatest challenge right now is building awareness, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, as far as visits, once somebody actually knows they have the service and they do a visit, uh, on average, they come back about 1.8 times per year. Um, as far as, um, you know, you were asking about wait times and running the practice and quality, it's actually um, easier to run a practice at cost effectively with high quality when you're doing it nationally because we can use things like artificial intelligence to predict within a couple percent by zip code how many visits we anticipate, so what kind of coverage we need. Uh, we can use artificial intelligence to predict sentiment analysis of how a visit went so we can recover if there was um, a, a patient wasn't happier, if there was mm -hmm. data missing, so that we can drive quality. Uh, Sophie, our chatbot, who you know complements what the physician does, doesn't forget to ask questions. So the physician has all the data they need when they see the patient. So believe it or not, running things nationally gives us an edge to be able to provide um, you know, higher quality care, oftentimes in a physical setting at a lower cost, which benefits the uh, health system overall. And oftentimes patients can connect within uh, you know, less than 10 minutes. So the convenience factor is, is huge for the average consumer. Yeah, I guess the Uber comparison I made early on is, is somewhat appropriate in the sense that I wouldn't call my cab company anymore, right, or kind of locally figure out in the yellow pages what the cab number is in San Francisco. Uh, there's a benefit of having a national solution. There's a benefit of using technology to get things done as opposed to calling people. Uh, so uh, what nut did you have to crack so that this Uber-like solution became possible, right? So in the Uber world, you had to crack the nut of geolocation, some AI on, 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 on fleet management, a new business model of setting up drivers as a virtual workforce. What was, what was if you would point to one or two things that you had to crack so that seeing a doctor remotely was really the great experience that you're now providing to your patients? Uh, the biggest nut to crack is, you know, again, it took years to figure out how to recruit and uh, train and retain high-quality doctors and how to do that cost-effectively. The second nut to crack was how do you make that consumer experience through the application and through providing a high-quality, happy clinician as good as it can be, including as 
um, reducing those wait times. And so it was, how do we really leverage technology to not only improve the quality of care, but actually improve the consumer experience and the efficiencies of the operation so that we actually could do this uh, at a lower cost than uh, what is typically provided in, uh, in a physical setting. So that is somewhat, I mean, similar to what a TurboTax had to figure out to just deliver a digital product for a product that in the past has been a personal service? Yeah, I mean, if you think about the challenges of uh, trying to get in to see a doctor or even, as you said, a specialist like a dermatologist, it could take weeks to mm, get Sure, yeah. We are actually able providing this, you know, I think nights or weekends your child's sick or you know, you're sick trying to decide whether or not to go into work, we can get you connected with a physician across all 50 states 24-7, oftentimes within seven or eight minutes. So Uber in many ways has found pockets of capacity that were previously not used, partly because medallions for caps were too expensive and partly uh, because... uh, Uh, There was a fixed supply in the market as opposed to the demand being highly variable. Uh, So what pockets of additional capacity do you go after? I mean, you can clearly connect patients, and if Philadelphia is having shortage in dermatology, you can connect me with somebody in Pittsburgh or in Lancaster County, and you can you can pool capacity across the state that you mentioned. Uh, you can also probably motivate by throwing money at those providers to put in some evening hours uh, after my their regular workday. So where where did you find that capacity that allows you to see a million visits? I'll put it in two buckets. You're correct that they, we can pool the capacity as long as the physicians have licenses. Mm-hmm. They have to be licensed in the state where the consumer is, so we get them multiple licenses to be able to do that. Um, but the the other piece is really, you know, beyond taking a 15-minute office visit and putting it online, we're actually using artificial intelligence and machine learning to automate the simple and routine things that the physician does. So now you have a physician who used to have a practice and used to have a staff and used to have to worry about billing and scheduling and the bricks and mortar. Now they get to do what they're trained to do and love to do and just see patients all day. So they get more efficient because all they're doing is conducting visits. And then when we automate a lot of the things like the triage, which they used to have to do or their nurse would do, but we're doing it for them through our chatbot, Sophie, or through, um, you know, questions and answers on on the mobile app. That actually makes the physician not only more efficient, so we drive efficiencies that way, but we're also, they're also happier because um, we're automating the simple and routine, and that results in a better consumer experience because they have, you know, they have, they're talking to a happy clinician instead of one who's burnt out. In case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Work of Tomorrow here on Business Radio. I'm your host, Christian Tevish, and I'm chatting with Rich Berner, who is the CEO of MD Life, a company that sees about a million patients each year through telehealth and virtual visits. And we're just chatting about automation and how automation really at MD Life allows the doctor to focus on doctorly tasks and thereby leverage or increase his or her uh, productivity. Uh, So just um, give us, Rich, give us a sense of the magnitude of this effect. So I'm a dermatologist, and I practice in the old way, in a brick-and-mortar setting, and I'm doing a regular cancer screening on a patient I haven't met before. Uh, And say for sake of argument, you might have the number, and I'd be happy to hear it. Say that takes me 15 minutes, all included. And now I'm a patient uh, that basically get my, can- my, 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 my screening on MD Live 
what is the increase in productivity? How much less time would you spend virtually on me compared to my good old doctor in the clinic? So when you talk about, uh, or when uh, I had mentioned the intelligent triage, as an mm-hmm. example, when we rolled that out, we rolled it out with a test population first because we A-B test everything, and then we rolled it out with a few employers and a few health plans. If you think about the total visit time as the, mm-hmm. the triage, the question and answers back and forth, the actual visit and the documentation after, patients that went through the uh, intelligent triage uh, those physicians, we saw a 40% reduction mm-hmm. in the length of time of those visits. And at the same time, the NPS score, the customer satisfaction went up and the quality scores were going up. So it's not often we roll out a solution that can make our doctors more efficient, happier with happier patients with better outcomes at a lower cost. It's, it's really kind of the holy grail we're all shooting for in healthcare. So 40% uh, shorter time, uh, is that shorter time for the patient, for the, you mentioned total visit time, or is this also shorter, is this shorter time for the clinician? Because the two are not the same, right? I mean, oftentimes what we see in medicine is that we give a scribe to a physician, which might uh, dramatically make the physician more ex- uh, efficient, but it might, uh, the, might, might, might change cost negatively. So is, is this physician productivity that went up by 40%? The 40% is the physician productivity, but we also saw the consumer time was actually uh, shortened a bit as well, but Mm -hmm. also with higher customer satisfaction. Interesting. Interesting. And I I would imagine that is an element similar to a TurboTax. I was speaking with my uh, previous guest about the need for self-empowering or an intelligent self-service to the patients. Uh, Really, there are lots of things patients like to do, actually prefer to do even with an algorithm compared to with a doctor. Absolutely. So through, again, our chatbot Sophie and the intelligent triage process that takes uh, takes care of a lot of the uh, stuff that a patient would typically do with a doctor. So a dermatology visit, for example, if I fill out all the questions that Sophie asked me and I send a picture of the condition for many conditions, we can send a secure message to a dermatologist and the dermatologist can look at that offline and get back to the patient within a certain amount of time if the patient would prefers that asynchronous virtual visit, meaning, hey, I just want to be able to secure message with the physician versus having a discussion. It's all about consumer choice. And when you do it that way, you can, again, see how mm-hmm. that could reduce the actual time and efficiency of the, uh, uh, improve the efficiency of the visit when you're doing asynchronous virtual visits. Uh, so, Richie, you mentioned uh, consumer choice. Early on in our discussion, you shared the number of about 1.8 follow-up visits uh, that you see right now. Um, is, that, is that high or low in the sense, I'm just wondering, if you make the care, the consumption of care more smooth, more con- Convenient, you take the friction out. Uh, do you think, compared and uh, population match to a patient who is seen in the clinical world, do virtual care patients consume more care or less care? What we see, uh, a couple stats that I can give you. Cigna, uh, one of our big clients, is an example. They did a study with 20,000 patients that had MD Live visits over the course of three years, compared it with 20,000 of their members of similar demographics that did not. That MD Live population had 
uh, 17% lower total medical costs. And that was largely attributed to things like 36% less ER utilization, mm-hmm. 45% better utilization of generic prescriptions. And then they ultimately saw that the single case closure rate they have within seven days at a physical facility is 95%, but with MD Live it was uh, 97.4%. So, you know, they were initially worried people would go online and then go to a physical location. They actually were pleasantly surprised to see that we were closing more cases within seven days than some of their physical locations. So dramatic cost savings with significantly improved member experience is a huge win for mm-hmm. them and their members. Is uh, cost savings, is some form of shared savings plan also then your business model that you go to insurances or self-insured payers and you say like, well, look, come sign up your workforce M- MD Live and we'll share some of the savings with you? Uh, absolutely. For those that are interested, we there's many, uh, many options we provide. But, you know, our, one of our big missions here is, you know, obviously not only improving consumer choice and satisfaction, but lowering uh, costs while increasing quality. So we're big proponents of value-based care. And since we know what kind of cost savings we can drive, we're willing to go uh, at risk for parts of our contract. Tell us about your competition. In a previous episode of my show, I was talking to some of the executives of of Minute Clinic who are also rolling out a video-based service. And early on today, I talked to the folks at Penn Medicine who are also rolling out a video-based service. Uh, So who do you see as your main competitors at the moment? Um, I think anybody that's providing care in a physical setting or online would be a competitor or potentially a partner that we can uh, work with. Uh, the big difference between MD Live and the other telehealth providers out there is first and foremost our relentless focus on consumer experience. We provide the best consumer experience by one, bringing the highest quality network that is highly available, providing an application that's a great consumer experience, and being able to do it at a cost that uh, is in line with what the consumers are focused on. Uh, the other thing that's different about MD Live and our competition is that focus on using artificial intelligence and machine learning to able to be able to drive a better consumer experience. It's that focus on how do we automate this simple and routine for the benefit of the clinician and the benefit of the consumer. And you mentioned early on that that or some of that knowledge you're selling as a white label solution. Uh, the platform that we use to provide. Uh, care to the 32 million members, our hospital and health system partners mm-hmm. use that same platform where we white label it, uh, and then they can provide that care to their patients under their brand. And then it's oftentimes with their doctors, but they'll use our network for cross coverage like nights and weekends and things Interesting. like that. Uh, Rich, what we often see in other industries is that companies, once they've established a beachhead, are moving up market. Right. So if you think about Toyota many years ago in the U.S. started at the low, low price segments and now Lexus is a premium vehicle. Could you see yourself uh, going further up market into the specialties? I mean, uh, I'm already intrigued by your move into dermatology, right? You're not just an urgent care center. You've picked dermatology. And I, I guess you've picked dermatology strategically because it is amenable to telehealth and it has a huge dermatology labor s- uh, shortage in this country. Um, where do you see other clinical indications that you would be interested in taking them into your portfolio? We believe um, that what has happened in every other industry is finally going to happen in healthcare, and that's the shift to online, not only care, but also health management. Uh, 
So University of Rochester did a study where they're predicting, you know, ambulatory visits today, there's about a billion of them in person. They're saying by 2025, that's going to go down to 600 million. And virtual visits where they're about 100 million today, by 2025, that's going to go to 1.2 billion. Um, so aligned with that, um, starting next year, we are will be launching uh, at the end of this year, beginning of next year, a virtual primary care offering in conjunction with uh, some of our health plan partners where, you know, people are struggling to get primary care, have access issues, or don't have the time to get to primary care. They will now have a um, insurance plan designed that will allow as an option, if they're uh, connected with a plan that we're launching this with, uh, the ability to have an online uh, uh, virtual primary care team instead of having to have a physical uh, um, primary care doctor. And this will be provided at a lower cost because the plans know that it saves them uh, money. So we talked about the consumer experience or the patient experience. One of the hottest topics I see uh, when I discuss and do research with physicians here uh, in, in our system, physician burnout comes up over and over again as, a, as an important topic. I think it was the Mayo Clinic that recently published very scary numbers on physician burnouts. And I'm just trying to envision how the digitization of work here impacts the quality of life, the, the job satisfaction of, of physicians? How, how do you think it's going to change? I think we're already seeing a dramatic change. One of my favorite meetings of the month, I do a monthly meeting with a rotating dozen or so physicians, and I'm always pleasantly surprised how uh, happy these physicians are uh, versus other industries I've been in where you know I'm seeing the physician burnout firsthand. When it comes to uh, doing online visits, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. They don't have to worry about, you know, the office or scheduling or staff. For those that got into medicine because they want to provide care, when they're with us, they get to do that all day. We take care of the billing, the scheduling, and all of that, as well as automate some of the simple and routine like we talked about. And I think one of the biggest reasons is um, that the patients, when they get to see the doctor, are so pleasantly surprised that they can actually see a doctor online and get taken care of. They're very happy when they see him versus somebody who had to wait in a waiting room for a half hour, an hour, and had to talk to four people before they finally got to the doctor. That The physicians feed off of that. That it, It's back to you know being able to see patients in their home and, uh, and the, the patients are very happy to see them. I mean, how does the... 40% reduction in, 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 in time the physician takes on the, and the patient and the productivity boost, which, which is really amazing. I'm just wondering, like, to what extent it makes the workday in the long run more stressful, right? I mean, I, I'm making as a physician important decisions that affects the life of, of, of a human being. And I used to make it every 20 minutes. And now, Thanks to good things, you taking the crap out of my workday, I'm making a decision now every 12 minutes. Is, is that increased cadence something to be worried about? I think it's something we watch very closely. You know, we monitor many quality metrics and cl clinician satisfaction metrics and look for outliers. And since we're managing it nationally, it's much easier to identify patterns and outliers where there might be a potential problem and intervene early. But it's really the focus on automation. You know, it's back to what I said earlier that the benefit of that automation, it lets the clinician focus on the things they like and lets the consumer mm -hmm be able to connect with that uh, physician 
uh, even if it's via phone or video, faster because the physician knows their whole story. And it's and so far, it's worked out great for everybody involved. So far, it has worked out great. Exciting lessons learned from Rich Berner, the CEO of MD Life, a telemedicine firm that currently serves over 1 million patients and is rapidly growing. Thank you so much, Rich. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.